0: Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. blast. Deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Pius. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. It goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block from Brock. 50 five. Touchdown. 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 We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it, and he is going to get a first down. How about Trubisky
1: to the 42-yard line? Oh, my goodness. In the ring, stevo has got him up. A slam. The player inside. Crane 1-2. he made it. He's
0: got it. Steve has got it. And has done it. Player has done it. <laughs> Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
2: From Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. With open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776, the telephone number. Follow me on Snapchat, SnapJHood. You follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back, guaranteed. Also on Instagram, IGJHood, as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios.
1: For the love of my life. Mm-hmm.
2: Tonight, we will talk to an NBA champion, analyst for the New Orleans Pelicans. It is friend of the program, Antonio Daniels who will be on the program at the bottom of the hour. His thoughts on NBA free agency. Also, he's got big opinions about Russell Westbrook, and so do I. So we'll share them with you coming up at the bottom of the hour here on ESPN 1000. We also have one question for you. You just never know. You never know who's going to be on one question. Some people just don't have time to spend with us for a full segment. But some people have time for at least one question. We'll have that for you as well. And if you listen to this show at least once during the summer over the last four years, you should know what we do at 8 o'clock. Every single night at 8 o'clock, we give you something footballs. We get ready for the camps to open. You know, it'll be a Big Ten media day next week. So we are ready for college. We're ready for the NFL, ready for Bears. We talk football every single night at 8 o'clock, summer of football. We will review the NFC North with you coming up in an hour from now. What can the Bears expect in the NFC North? You will find out in an hour from now right here on ESPN 1000. We continue to see the numbers go up and down Vegas as far as how many wins for the Bears. Will they take a step back because no Vic Fangio uh, as far as the defensive coordinator? So we'll talk about the NFC North coming up in an hour with Summer of Football. Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. David Schoenfeld with us as well. David Schoenfeld does a great job covering Major League Baseball for ESPN.com. We'll talk to Dave coming up at 9, 10. And, of course, let me check it now. Hold on. It is July 11th. Let me take a look here. It's a Thursday. So that means the throwback. Throwback Thursday coming your way at nine thirty-five here on ESPN One Thousand. We always have something fun for you for Throwback Thursday. Uh, that will be no different coming up at nine thirty. Throwback Thursday. Throwback. The overproduced Throwback Thursday coming up at 930 right here on ESPN 1000. Hope that you enjoyed your Thursday. Hope that you enjoy your Thursday nights. We're with you until 10 o'clock. Then it's Dan Libertard and Stu Gatz right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Before we put this show on the road and get started here, I just want to thank the people that came out to Stonewall Orchard in Grays Lake for the V Foundation. ESPN 1000 golf outing I was there earlier today was able to see my partner Jeff Dickerson JD and I do our national shows on Saturdays and Sundays here on ESPN 1000 across the country on the ESPN app so it was good to see people out and we thank the sponsors and those that were involved in a very special event this V Foundation and this golf outing was different this year than most because of the circumstances Caitlin Dickerson was a wonderful woman uh the uh the wife of jd uh, you you want to know who was the boss in that family it was caitlin there's no there's no question she was the strength the voice and everything else in that family so uh it was just great to see everybody come together for not just for the cause of going out for a nice day to golf but just the idea that you're there to for a teammate uh something that's missing in our business today and supporting one another and we need to do this a lot more often and, and i'm glad that everyone came together um, for a, a great cause for the V Foundation and to support and, and uplift Jeff Dickerson, uh, and his family today, uh, in Grays Lake. So great to see everybody for a great cause. By the way, we always talk about the V Foundation during this week, during the All-Star weekend, uh, and All-Star week with the home run derby and everything else. V Foundation just does not run just during this week. It runs 365 days a year. So if you know someone, uh, that has suffered with cancer, that's passed away with cancer. It just, I, I think any amount of money helps. So just just keep in mind, go to the V Foundation website, be able to donate and give to be able to get rid of this dreaded disease. Research is still important. Uh, and so please do that. I think that's that's really, really important. It's hit my family, hit my father-in-law. It's hit friends of mine, Fred Hubner, his wife, People I know in the business, people that's in my family. So if it's hit you in a certain way, make sure that you donate. Even if it doesn't, try to help out as much as possible with the V Foundation. All right, let us um, make this seamless transition now. I'm talking about the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, So before we hear from Antonio Daniels at the bottom of the hour, we know that the Cubs here at the All-Star Break are 47 and 43 and the White Sox are 42 and 44. The one thing that I want as a sports fan is interesting. I need interesting to get me into camps. And I, this is what it comes down to for me. You can be invested in your favorite baseball team, Cubs and White Sox. Nothing wrong with that. But I think you also want to see something that's compelling, something interesting. And I never thought that the Cubs and White Sox records would be so close at the All-Star break. That, that is a surprise to me. Even with the White Sox growing the way they are, I think that their record uh, is surprising to me. And also, the Cubs record is surprising to me. You look at the positive with this Cubs team. Let's start there first and talk about uh, Javier Baez and look at Hayward. Notice Jason Hayward, not a, um, not a negative Jason Hayward is a positive for this baseball team. You think about Chris Bryant and you think about Anthony Rizzo and Wilson Contreras behind the plate and has a gun in right field if you ask him to. Um, John Lester as a starting pitcher, Caratini, Bodie. There's a lot of positives on this Cubs team. But then there's question marks too because on the other side of that 47 is a 43. And that 43 really lies at the feet of players like Hugh Darvish and Kyle Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell and Quintana and Russell and just trying to figure out who's going to play second base. I've seen several articles today talking about Ben Zobrist and, and how Zobrist is missing on this team. And I will suggest to you that if the Cubs are a Ben Zobrist away from being in contention, firmly entrenched in the National League Central, you're in trouble because it's, this team is more than just having guys that you're familiar with, guys that you and I both know, the Cubs are underachieving, a first-place team that's underachieving. And, and again, if you look on the surface and say, well, they're in first place, and but, but you know if you're watching this team day in and day out, you know that there are some issues. And so I look at the Cubs and I look at what is going on with this team and are there upgrades needed? Yes, because that's why you have the train deadline. But what will the Cubs do to make it better? And if they make those deals, can you guarantee the Cubs will have as long staying power in the playoffs? And I will tell you no. I, I could just tell you that besides the Cubs and the White Sox, I watch the Dodgers the third most. The Dodgers might win the World Series based on how they're playing. They are a tremendous juggernaut of a team where everything seems to be going their way. All the numbers are going their way. And so when I look at the Cubs, there's a lot of other underlying things that we're going to get to with them in just a moment. But with the White Sox on that side of the, the ledger, for the White Sox. The Chicago White Sox. How about that? The White Sox with Giolito and McCann and Colome and Abreu and Tim Anderson, Aloy Jimenez, Moncada, there's so many positives going in the right direction for the White Sox. Not saying that they're a playoff team. You and I both know that's not the case. But the point is, though, is that when you're trying to rebuild, like Atlanta is trying to do, like you saw the Cubs do, like you've seen teams that go from the bottom and try to get themselves in contention. What they do is is that they look at their ball club and say, okay, here's some young players and let's see if we can supplement some of the holes with free agents that can help. And so when I look at this team with Giolito, a complete 180 from what we saw last year. The the amount of, of production that we're getting from Giolito is just amazing to me. From, from McCann who is a backup catcher to now a leader for this ball club. Somehow the light turned on from a can where he's an all-star and really a cornerstone for the franchise. Did not expect that. And actually, when you are a baseball team, you're looking for little things like that, little nuggets that say, okay, if the light turns on here, if this young player can be able to develop here, then those are positives for your team. As we talk about the Cubs and the White Sox. With Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, Tim Anderson is a star. Tim Anderson is back flipping his way to stardom, uh, a guy that underachieved the last couple of years and really has found his swag, found his niche. I think with the White Sox, and so the thing that you question is the starting pitching: the Lopez, the the Novas, John Jay. If you're a good team, John Jay's not on your team. He's not getting starts and just quality depth. Something that may not be addressed here this season, but I think there's things that for Rickon to uh, to identify, you'd say, okay, this is our young core. Here's a couple of veterans. Now we got to be able to fill out the rest of the roster next season. So, along with this, by the way, there's a lot of other underlying stories about this Cubs team. Like, like my friend David Kaplan from Kaplan Company, he's not happy about a number of things with this Cubs team. You remember around the Fourth of July, watching the Cubs. And their matchup against uh, the Pirates, the way that they played. Yeah, there's a lot of frustration. It usually sounds like this. You're in a one-run game. You had a team meeting Monday night, players only. And you
1: got beat 18-5. to The next night, last night, you had a meeting with the manager and the entire team. He does one at the end of spring training, or right at the end. He does one before the All-Star break, and one at the end of the season, hopefully going into the playoffs. That's it. He's not a big meetings guy. Yeah. At yesterday's meeting... He told the media, and players have said, we didn't talk about specific plays, but we talked about big picture concepts. Cleaning up mental mistakes. Better base running. All of it. Okay, from that meeting, Hayward got picked off first last night. And tonight, in a one-run game where you're st- you need a win like a starving man needs a sandwich, yeah. and you got a guy that doesn't run on a ball off the wall, and he's standing at first, for me and I love Javi, he would not be in the lineup tomorrow night. Wow. That would send a message to the entire locker room, guys, I'm through screwing around. Wow. He's out for a night, and I'm going to tell you, I'm telling the media why. Because he didn't run, it's happened too much, and it's not going to happen again. I am not going to go down and lose my job with guys not playing the game the right way. I'd be really freaking pissed off this team is yeah. going this way yeah. at some point there has to be a level of accountability you're a hundred percent right i i agree with everything you said but is that the right way to do it and i know that they're continuing give enough, to give me another way take the remote away don't let them play video games i mean what's the what give me a way to do there, it there's there is no other way kid but the only I, way you reach athletes is take their freaking playing time away He's a great player. He's an all-star. This cannot Mm. keep happening. Mm.
2: Mm. I I like what you said.
1: I like what you said. It's a one-day message. I'm not asking to bench him for a month. One day. You're not playing. And guess what, media? He's not playing because he didn't run, and I'm tired of it.
2: Oof. Uh, Thoughts there from David Kaplan. I think DeJesus was there. I'm not sure. On NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, when when Cap's got to do his job and the analyst job, that tells you all you need to know there. But the point is, is that rant and that that passion is true. It feels strong because I think a lot of Cub fans feel that same way. Like, how come this team's underachieving? Why are they doing that? Come, well, you know, the little things that they used to do, they're not doing with this Cubs team. Look, I'm going to read these numbers. You know the numbers like I do, right? When Joe Madden became the manager of this ball club, taking over for Rick Renneria, ninety-seven and sixty-five, one hundred three and fifty-eight, ninety-two and seventy, ninety-five and sixty-eight, and at this point in time, forty-seven and forty-three. I mean, that's a winning team, but now there's slippage. This is what happens when you have a spotlight on you, when you have not won in so long, and now you're on a run. Here, you expect to have multiple championships. Look, you and I as fans don't deserve anything. But when you have a a financial and emotional, you know, feeling about this team, an investment in the team, you expect, hey, you know what? If you're going to go this far, spend this much money. If you have these expectations, you got to keep moving. So now you look at what's happening with the Cubs, and you're wondering whether or not the manager is going to be here for the rest of the season. After all that winning, I told you, Joe Madden is on the hot seat. And it's not just in this booth. It's not just in Chicago. It's all over the place. People are wondering about Joe Madden. Don't you know, common sense, as my grandmother used to say, common sense sometimes isn't common. After winning the World Series, Joe Madden should have had a five-year extension. That should have been worked out quickly. But just like Joel Quinville with the, the Chicago Blackhawks, it just it is amazing to me. How the most common thing, hey, we won a championship, you're a big part of it, let me reward you, and that just didn't happen. You know why that didn't happen with the Hawks? And I talked about it on the show. The reason why it didn't happen is because of ego. Ego because you got to figure out who gets the who gets the credit. I like everybody should get the credit when they win, but egos always able to creep in. And same thing with the Cubs. Who gets the credit for the Cubs winning the World Series? Well, everybody, all the players, all the management, all the buttons that were pushed correctly, everybody should get the get the credit. But yet the loud minority will tell you, well, you know, you know, if it wasn't for the Jason Hayward meeting during the rain delay in Game 7 against the Indians, maybe the Cubs don't win that game. Well, that's just nonsense. It's nonsense. Joe should still be the manager. He should still be there because the edge is not lost on this team. The lack of production is lost on this team. Yeah, they're pressing. Yeah, they want to win, but it's 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 an underachieving ball club. That's not to say they can't turn around the second half, but it's not a good start. It's also not a good look when the manager is on the hot seat. Everyone's talking about this. I'm talking about it as well. I think that he should have had an extension, and this should be a non-story, but there's this possibility that, that Joe is uh, not going to make the season. I will tell you that I don't see a path forward for Joe Madden to be back here in 2020, and that's a shame because it's these underachieving players. They're not playing well. See, this is this is why this is different. This is why this is different. It's a different scenario than, like, if I did a show about Jim Riggleman, if I did a show about Don Baylor, if I did a show about, you know, like managers in the past where there was no energy in the building, where a manager comes in and he doesn't communicate with the players. Remember Don Baylor would just come in with the suitcase, walk right past the players right to his office and close the door. It's not like there's no communication. It's not like Joe's not talking to the players. That's the difference. It's, it's not like he's doing a horrible job where he could see it every game. Ah, should have made that move, should have made that move. You can question it, all of it. But it's not so apparent where you say, that manager is terrible and needs to be fired. It's different. Now it's different. Now here's a guy that came to Chicago, a World Series championship manager, and now all of a sudden, like, oh, you know, 47 and 43, this guy danced for his dinner, no contract, probably going to have to be let go. Why? Why? Chili Davis shouldn't have been let go either. These underachieving players that are pressing, trying to hit everything because of launch angle. And now look at where they are. First place, sure. Could be in the playoffs, sure. But you just know when you watch the National League that the Cubs are so far behind a number of teams in the National League as far as what they could do in the playoffs. So, Tim Kirchner on cap and company agrees with buster Olney that the cubs are gonna make a move soon
1: i think theo is not fooling around and he needs to go get some help whether it's a starting pitcher or somebody else that is a winnable division and just as important as that if they're gonna beat the dodgers who are really good
3: they're gonna have to go get some help whether it's madison bumgarner or some other quality starting pitcher help for the bullpen, another bat somewhere, who knows. I mean, they're going to have to do something if they're going to get in the Dodgers category.
2: Buster Olney believes the same thing. A trade has to happen and some thoughts on Joe Madden.
1: Buster, is Theo Epstein going to make a move here as we get close to this trade deadline? I think he's going to make a big move. In the last week, he's made a lot of comments about how the team is not playing well, and we're going to make changes. Folks in other front offices are trying to read that. Does that mean they're going to trade someone like a Carl Schwarber? Will they be interested in making a move for their pitching staff? And watch the status of Joe Madden. Look, he's four and a half years into a five-year contract you got to believe that in the Cubs front office, they know whether or not they're going to give him an extension. And if you're not, and if you're looking for change, maybe Joe Madden could be that change. Interesting.
2: (laughs) Yeah, very interesting. For a guy that led a team to the World Series, that same core of ESPN 1000's Rizzo and Bryant and Wilson Contreras and all these players, right? And all of a sudden, uh, it's just not working. It's not because of Madden's voice not coming through. It's different. This is a whole different scenario. I don't want to to be able to phrase Madden should be fired because the the message isn't getting through. That's not what it is. He only has three meetings. And then now he's talking more than ever, talking to players individually. This is not the same thing. This is not the manager is bad. The manager is pressing. So now you got to get rid of him. They got to get rid of him because they're trying to save the season. And they think that changing the manager is a difference. Well, changing the hitting coach also was not the difference for this team because it's still they have some issues offensively. It's, just, it's really something. But this is what happens when pressure comes. Pressure busts pipes. This is the pressure. Theo Epstein has to be able to put a, a Band-Aid over some of the issues that he's caused because, again, when you underachieve, that's on everybody. When you win, it's on everybody. Look at that that roster. The core should be able to get it done. Yes, you'd like to have a little bit more flexibility on your roster as far as backups, uh, but bottom line is, is that the guys that are out there every day should be getting it done, and they're getting it done only to an extent. So that's, that's a, a major issue. Um, let me uh, go over to this here because I want to talk a little bit about one of the stories I've been hearing while I've been away, and that is with Russell Westbrook. So – and we got to talk all about that with Antonio Daniels coming up because we'll talk to the NBA champion after 7.30. Um, but we have to talk about Russell Westbrook because that, that whole thing on Saturday, you can go to the, uh, the Under the Hood podcast – Wherever you download your podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. And uh, Chris Bleck and I did an emergency podcast to be able to lay all this out. It happened like Friday night into Saturday morning, that big deal where Paul George goes along with Kawhi Leonard. They're both with the Clippers. You know that part of it. But Russell Westbrook clearly wants out because he doesn't want to be like Will Smith by himself at the last Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where there's no furniture in the, in the house. And he says, well, where did everybody go with his arms outstretched? He doesn't want to be with Oklahoma City anymore. Because he's been there for a long time. He's tried, so he wants to move on. And so the scuttlebutt apparently this week has been questions about whether or not Russell Westbrook should be with the Chicago Bulls. And my first reaction to even hearing some of this, while, you know, as a sports radio fan like I am, even when I'm hosting, when I'm not hosting, I'm listening. <laughs> it's, does everybody know that John Paxton and Gar Foreman are still in place? That people know that they're still running the Bulls? For, for that even to be an idea, like Russell Westbrook to the Bulls, was that four days of content on this station? <laughs> like, like, seriously, like if people know that, that Gar and Pax are still in place, that they still are going to believe in their core. John Paxson was on the Bulls flagship station and said that everybody pays attention, obviously, to what's going on with the deals around the league. He says pretty much that the Bulls are realistic about current state, won't be players for Russell Westbrook. Of course they won't. It's the Bulls. <laughs> it's... Now, if you're asking me the question, well, would, wouldn't you trade for Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I'd like to have Russell Westbrook on my team. Yes. With others around him, sure. Russell Westbrook alone, shooting under 31% from three. Um, you know, a guy that can give you a triple-double. I still, still think there's value in the triple-double, but you just can't do it alone. He needs to have other players around him. I'm not one of these guys that's going to bash Russell Westbrook. Because I think that he plays with ruthless aggression. More players should play with his aggression. But the idea that, well, you know, the Bulls should really get West, Russell Westbrook. Well, no blank. Of course, they should have Russell Westbrook on the team. That'd be great. But you know, that's not happening because of the front office. I, I, I mean, I don't, I think I ran out of steam on that one. Because I think that that's, <laughs> I mean, Russell Westbrook and the Bulls, I, I mean, it, it's more likely he's going to be with Detroit. It's more likely that he's going to be with some other team. Seriously. I mean, because of the assets. So, I mean, (laughs) like, like, like Gar Foreman and John Pax are still in place. The Bulls don't like to be able to make big splashes. They can't get free agents, so they have to be able to have sleight of hand when it comes to making trades. That's why Otto Porter's here. Otto Porter has hamstrung this franchise because he will opt in next year. And so financially, the Bulls can't really make a move for the next couple of years, so they have to believe in this core. They can make a move. Listen, look at Oklahoma City. They didn't have to trade Paul George, but they said, you know what? This isn't going anywhere. We will own the Clippers for a decade. And, they, and guess what? Oklahoma City may win this deal before it's all squared away. When I'm sitting here doing nights in 2029 20, 20, and talking about the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm going to say, I told you, the Thunder, they won the deal. I remember playing this, said that in 19, roll it, Sean, roll that t- tape from 10 years ago. I remember saying that they're, that they're going to win the deal. I mean, seriously. I mean, like, I, I don't know where else to go with that. Just uh, like Russell Westbrook to the Bulls, yeah, that'd be great. But you know that the Bulls do not have the wherewithal to be able to stretch themselves into a deal to make themselves a contender, to put themselves in the mix of the top eight in the East. Duh. Of course, you want to do that. But I know they're not going to do that. So that's the end of that, I guess. Uh, coming up. I think I wrapped up in six minutes. What I guess everyone's been talking about. Everyone's talking about this for hours. Is this the, is this the hot, Is this the hotness? Really? <sighs> um, coming up, more on uh, Russell Westbrook and NBA free agency with Antonio Daniels. We'll talk to him coming up next. Yeah, this, yeah, six minutes versus four hours. That's Jonathan
0: hot. on ESPN 1000 Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app
2: Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app Glad to have you in today We'll... Get a chance to do a little uh, NFC North preview coming up, but uh, breaking news from Adrian Wojnarowski. This NBA free agency is just something else. Listen to this. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. First-round picks in 2024 and 2026. Pick swaps in 2021 and 2025, according to ESPN. So Houston has reunited Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Thunder are are playing a long game unseen in NBA history. Seven additional first round picks lined up through 2026, plus four pick swaps via deals with Paul George and Chris Paul. So once again, Russell Westbrook is a Houston Rocket. We turn now to an NBA champion. And now the voices of the New Orleans Pelicans and host on Sirius XM NBA Radio. It is Antonio Daniels. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, and under the hood on ESPN One Thousand of the ESPN app. What's up, AD? Man, Jay
3: Hood,
2: what is going on, man? <laughs> wow! Your reaction, sir, Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets.
3: Oh man, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know what to say, um, you know, to, to think like it's well, because the reason this is so crazy for me is because I have worked for the Oklahoma city thunder for the last four years right? and to see where this team has been and what their aspirations were as an organization, where they were trying to get um, and how just important health is in the NBA. Like, People will never understand the importance of health in the NBA. If Paul George is healthy, does any of this happen? If Paul George is healthy against Portland and he has two healthy shoulders and they beat the Portland Trailblazers first round and maybe advance to the second round, is Paul George still in Oklahoma City? Is Russell Westbrook and Jeremy Grant still in Oklahoma City? It's just to watch this whole thing come apart and watch the OKC now go into complete, unadulterated, rebuild mode. It's, it's wild to
2: see. That's, that's just amazing. Uh, and it's funny because our conversation was going to be about people f- trying to fight with you and trying to tell you about Russell Westbrook on Twitter because I was seeing was what the, you guys were talking about on Saturday morning. But I, I just now we got to focus on this. So what do, what do you think of Russell Westbrook with Houston? Because we're talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook as a one-two punch. How does that work? You, you know, I think it works well because of their relationship together.
3: You know, th- that's the thing, is is one of the most underrated thing in today's NBA is relationships and the power of relationships. And I, I was on Twitter and I was going back and forth with fans about this a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that Russell Westbrook's preferred destination was the Houston Rockets. It's because James Harden is there and the relationship that they have. The relationship that they developed, both playing together in Oklahoma City and being from California, just just all that's that entailed in their relationship. So from their relationship alone, I think that this is a a, um, a great deal for the Houston Rockets.
2: <sighs> okay, so and Chris Paul, this there has to be another shooter drop no here. It's no way Chris Paul's no gonna play for Oklahoma City. So I'm thinking in Los Angeles, Clippers or Lakers, preferably the Lakers, I think for Chris, right?
3: Yeah, but but the thing is, how does that happen? Because if you're Oklahoma City, you're not going to give him a buyout. Are you? You're not going to pay him all that money and buy him out of a deal that's that large. So how does he how else does he end up with the Lakers?
2: Well, I I'm, I'm using that team as an as an example. He's he can't stay in Oklahoma City. That just that's I, not,
3: I agree with you. Yeah. I don't think he's staying in Oklahoma City. I, I I'm I'm right with you there. I don't think that Chris Paul is staying in Oklahoma City, but um, the destination right now, what, what's next? Like as far for him, you know, where is a a uh, somewhere that makes sense? Somewhere that makes sense financially and, and as far as his role is concerned with his skill set at this point in his career.
2: That that's a, that's a big question. Now, again, I'm looking west. It could be something in the east too. Anybody can use a veteran point guard. I know everybody, as we talked to Antonio Daniels with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. AD, I know that there's some that look at the, first of all, as you mentioned, the contract and the age of Chris Paul, but he could still get it done. He could still be a key to some team to push him over the top. If I'm a team in the east, I'm calling. Because I, I I need that stay someone that can stabilize and harness an offense for me, and I know Chris could do that, right?
3: Right. I, I, um, I I'm definitely if I'm a, if I'm a team in the East that's in need of uh, a veteran presence. Oh, there's no question. Well, heck, if I'm a team in the West that's in need of a veteran presence at the point guard position, because Chris Paul. I don't care what people say; he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and still one of the better point guards and best leaders in today's NBA. Any way you look at it, any way you break it down. So if I'm a team out there that is in need of a veteran point guard that I know that can complete games and facilitate and make guys around him better, yeah, I'm definitely putting the call in to Sam Presti.
2: Okay, so where do you place the Rockets amongst the best in the West now? This is settled now because Russell Westbrook, We knew that he was going someplace. Now it's Houston. Now let's take a look at the West because now it's pretty complete now, AD. Where do you place him in the West?
3: this is going to take some time you know i, I have right now i would say they were better with chris paul because the chemistry was already there so but the rockets for me took a couple steps back this summer because i felt like they overreacted to losing to one of the best teams ever assembled in the nba you know bisdelic is gone uh, roy rogers is gone earl Rowland is gone they fired and moving guys and guys are quitting in their in their coaching staff and You know, looking to move this guy and move that guy, so you're taking steps backwards when if you would have stayed as as stay pet, now when Golden State comes apart like they did with Kevin Durant leaving and Klay Thompson getting hurt and DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Lakers, now there's an opportunity. Now you had a Russell Westbrook. So now you don't have that same chemistry that you and Chris Paul and everyone else has, but it's going to take some time to get that chemistry or build that chemistry back up. Not saying it can't be done. And they're definitely going to be competitive because Russell Westbrook is a competitor. All these last few days, all you've been hearing about him is, oh, he can't do this, and he's too worried about that, and all this other nonsense. Russell Westbrook is a passionate competitor. He's as competitive as they come in today's NBA. So he is going to definitely take that Houston Rockets team to another level, but it's going to take a minute.
2: From a basketball standpoint, we're looking at Russell Westbrook um, and James Harden Harden playing off the ball? Westbrook playing off the ball? How does that look offensively?
3: That's a great question. That's a great question because the reality of that is is this, Jay Hood. They're both ball-dominant guards. Obviously, James Harden plays better without the ball, but with James Harden handling the ball, and again, this goes back to their relationship, I think Russell Westbrook will be more apt to playing off the ball if James Harden is the one that's handling the ball. So basically, he's in, James Harden is another MVP in Russell Westbrook's eyes. He's never played with someone like that at the guard position. Even when he played with James Harden at that point, James Harden wasn't the MVP. Kevin Durant was not a point guard. As talented as he is and one of the best players to ever play in the NBA, there's a difference. There's a respect, I think, as far as that Russell Westbrook has for James Harden as a lead guard, as a lead guard. Now, he's played with some good guards. Victor Oladipo was really good. Um, Kevin Durant's a three, but he hasn't played. Dennis Schroeder's good, but he hasn't played with a lead guard with this type of resume that James Harden has. So I think if you're playing with someone like James Harden, you would be more apt to say, you know what, if you need me to run off some screens and get a live pick and roll, whatever it may be, because I have trust in who James Harden is and his skill set.
2: You're just joining us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app, Jonathan Hood. We're talking to Antonio Daniels, a voice of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and also on Six XM NBA radio. The Oklahoma City Thunder have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul. Uh, first round picks in 2024 2026 according to Adrian Wojnarowski. uh picks swaps in 2021 and 2025 league sources tell ESPN that's the story that we're talking about here uh and for your time at, at Oklahoma City and covering that team ad we need to talk about this now because now the chapters closed I, I mean it is a it is a tremendous 30 for 30. that it should be a documentary on on how it started ad from the beginning from the sonic's to Oklahoma City, that that college-like atmosphere, that crowd, so happy to have an NBA franchise, to have um, Kevin Durant, to have James Harden, to have uh, Russell Westbrook, to have all these these quality players, and then no championship. Now it's closed. So how do you look back at the Oklahoma City like championship era? They're, they're the window being open.
3: Well, you know it's. Um You know, I I did a couple interviews a couple of days ago and um, talked about the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base. There's no fan base in the NBA that's as passionate about their Thunder. You know, it's the only game in town. And when you talk about going to Chesapeake Energy Arena, it was a college atmosphere. They love and they support their Oklahoma City Thunder. And what gets lost here is we look at the players and their movement and we look at, um, you know, the, the investors and their movement. But what gets lost here is the loyalty of some of the fans. And when you look back at this Thunder run, that nine or 10 year run of sustained success, of getting to the playoffs and being relevant year after year after year from a small market, making it to the NBA finals, you know, having three MVPs, future MVPs on the same team, one of the best defensive big men in the game, and Serge Ibaka. So they, they, they did a lot of things right. They did a lot of things right. It's just the the luxury tax and the, the TV deal and all that stuff kicked in a little too late for this organization. If you would have had this, we can have this same conversation years ago where they could have um, afforded to keep James Harden and keep Russell Westbrook and keep Serge Ibaka, then we're having a different conversation and we're possibly talking about hanging banners in Oklahoma City. And it's a shame that this is what it's come to this summer. Paul George is gone. Russell Westbrook is gone. Jeremy Grant is gone, and then go on back. Serge Ibaka is gone. Nick Collison has retired. Um, Russell Westbrook is gone, and Kevin Durant is gone. So you're right. It will make for a great thirty for thirty. But what a great um, ten nine ten year run that the Thunder and their fan base should be really proud to be a part of.
2: I agree with you, sir. And and you know. <laughs> I said it's so funny because we were going to have you on to talk about people trying to troll you on Westbrook and trying to get more of a profile on, on Westbrook. But, you know, it is I said before we went to break, I said, do not be surprised in 10 years if the Thunder win this deal and these series of deals now with Westbrook being traded because they have all the assets. And, and it would not surprise me if they're able to rebuild again, going through those draft picks, being smart, and they might be the winners in all this in ten years from now. Yeah, I, I
3: tell you what's wild though is we can't see that.
2: No, I know. We can't but see, the but, ten years from they, now, but they own, but they own the Clippers for a decade now because all those picks. Right, and
3: they're right. And, and, and the thing is, is the, the Thunder will own the, on the NBA draft for the next five or six years. For the next five or six years, but what the Thunder fan base is not accustomed to is rebuilding. They're they're Just like the San Antonio Spurs fan base, they're used to retooling. They're used to remaining relevant because that's who they've been from the moment that they've been to Oklahoma City. Now, this is different. This is really different because Russell Westbrook, you can talk about the triple-doubles, you can talk about the MVPs. Russell Westbrook was Oklahoma City. He was Oklahoma City. So to see Paul George go, it's like, dang, that kind of sucks because Paul George was there only for two years. You know, to see Kevin Durant go after he left, Say, golly, you know, Kevin Durant was one of the best players ever, but okay. Russell Westbrook stayed loyal to the Oklahoma City Thunder community and organization and resigned and said, you know what, build this organization around me. And those fans, they took a hold of that. Russell Westbrook is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I understand there's a business aspect to it all, but today, it sucks to see him now move on from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Houston Rockets.
2: It just... But he did everything, including and, – and by the way, it all depends on how you look at it. Some would be surprised that Paul George even re-signed in, in this past offseason or, or Russell Westbrook just adding more years to a, a new deal with the Thunder because people thought, well, as soon as his deal's over, or there's no way that Russell's going to be there for the long haul, and he was. He gave everything and was the last man standing. It's like, you know what, I can't give anything else. He gave it all, man, it, and I don't blame him. I don't want to be there by myself again going through a rebuild. I don't blame him. It's, it's time to move on. It's, it's time for something fresh, a new coat of paint, right. you know?
3: It, it, it is. It is. Um, and, 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 you know, there's a, like I said, it, there's a business aspect to this all. Mm-hmm. And the relationship that Russell Westbrook had with Sam Presti was obviously huge here. Because, you know, you think of guys in the past that have asked for trade and they had their destinations as to where they wanted to go. You know, Kawhi Leonard, Toronto was not a part of, you know, on his destination list. You know, you look at at, uh, Kyrie Irving. Boston was not on that list. So it's very rare that the organization that is trading you is moving you somewhere that you want to go, let alone somewhere that is within your conference. You know, so now if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, you're going to have to continue to see Russell Westbrook year after year after year because you didn't trade him out east, and that's one of the reasons I thought he was going to Miami. Because if you look at these three guys that the Oklahoma City Thunder have traded, Paul George, uh, Russell Westbrook, and Jeremy Grant, all three of them are very, very good players, and possibly the three best players for the Oklahoma City Thunder this past year were all traded to Western Conference teams, which is a little different to me.
2: Well, you called at the right time <laughs> because you're in the middle of this breaking news right here with Russell Westbrook, now the Houston Rocket, and it closes the book on Oklahoma City Thunder for now. Uh, so that's it's quite a story, my friend. I'm glad you spent some time. I'm glad we were able to talk this through together.
3: Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother.
2: Appreciate it. Anytime, Jay All right, man. It is uh, Antonio Daniels, NBA champion, uh, part of the New Orleans Pelicans broadcast team, and my colleague on Series 6 NBA radio. With me, Jonathan Hood, right here on ESPN 1000. Wow, that is just, uh, that's, that's wild. We'll talk more about this. Well, we have a number of angles here about how do you look at Russell Westbrook from his time at Oklahoma City? Now, where do you place the Houston Rockets amongst the best in the West? And, oh, yeah, Bulls fans. You're not getting them because real teams know how to make real deals, no matter the money, no matter the, the draft picks. Real teams, they don't stand pat. And, and if for, for Bulls fans, they only focus on the Bulls. And you hear this deal, that's the difference between a team that's trying to either trying to build for the future or a team that believes that they're ready for a championship versus, yeah, we believe in our core. So there you go. One question and then more on this deal where Russell Westbrook Goes to the Houston Rockets next. You'll
3: see just how wild a crowd
0: is. You'll see just how fly my style is.
2: Jonathan Hood.
0: I don't see why I need a status when I shot so much I can speak On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.
2: Glad that you're with me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll hear from Nick Friedel, who covers the NBA for ESPN and ESPN.com. Coming up at the top of the hour after Sports Center. You know, sometimes people just don't have time for an entire conversation. But sometimes they just have... Time for just one question. That's why I turned to my cousin, Wiley.
1: You guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Number one, number one. Just one question. Oh, right, there's one more thing. On ESPN 1000.
2: It is time for One Question with me, Jonathan Hood, and Under the Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. You know how we do this every night. One question. I go through my phone book. Felix goes through his phone book. So who can we call? Because you know how it is. Some people don't have time for a full interview or full conversation. But sometimes they got time for one question. And today, I go through my phone. And I say, you know what? I'm going to call I'm going to call my cousin, Wiley, because he knows sports. Wiley joins me here under the hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. What's up, Cuzzo? What's going on, Cuzzo? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know how this goes, right? One question, go as long as you want, as sure as you want, because uh, the only difference is with this, you, you can't be cussing like you do in my basement. You can't do that like you do in the- <laughs> pl- Please don't be cussing. Please. I'll do my best. Okay, not on not on Disney Radio. You can do that in the Hood Cave. And we can do that at your house, but we, you can't do this on the radio, okay? So I'm just telling you that up front. Understood. Okay, so the one question I have for you, sir. Are you ready? I am ready. Give me the one Chicago athlete that you thought would be great but wasn't.
0: Very easy for me. Uh, Rex Grossman. I was... Probably, I was a huge Rex Grossman fan. Even uh, my oldest son, when he was a baby, went out got him a Rex Grossman jersey. <laughs> right. He had the he had the swagger, the the big arm, and he just never quite put it together. Other than like the six games at the start of uh, the last football season, so I was the biggest Rex Grossman fan, and and was uh, still believing in him. And it's Washington years, so uh, that tells you how much of, <laughs> <laughs> of a fan of Rex Grossman that I was. Oh, so man. So that, that's my athlete, Rex Grossman.
2: But he got a Super Bowl.
0: Okay. He did. Uh. So that was that was the highlight of his career. Uh, and <laughs> it's debatable if, uh, if he led the Bears there, the Bears led him there. I still like to believe he led the Bears there. <laughs> uh, so I think those those six games, uh, six MVP type games, got the season off to a great start, and then the defense took it from there. <laughs> and uh, he did have that big moment in the uh, NFC Championship game. Uh, the, the pass the touchdown to Barian, well, the, the long pass to Barian was, uh, was was clutch. So yeah, that was. Uh, that was that was my guy, and yeah, I, I lived and died with him. Uh, mostly died. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I still I, I still believed in him. Like he had he had that moxie that you look for in uh, in your quarterback. He just you know didn't necessarily have the decision making ability uh, that you necessarily wanted. So it was. More Brett Favre without the Brett Favre uh, talent than you would like. So, yeah, he was he was my guy. He was my guy. Like we, yeah.
2: So yeah, that was, that was my guy. You have you, you get a hard time talk talk about that, even though you're on the wrong side of history on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> and that that's the part that uh that always sucks is when you uh when you put your faith in a guy and. You know it's, You never want to let it go You know Even when you should You're probably the last one To jump off the bandwagon And then when he Never lives up to The promise that you had Yeah It was really disappointing So It was uh, I talked about him a lot On a Message board That I used to uh, well, I was a part of So like that was You know So any of your listeners Who probably a part of that Board Would uh, Recognize many of my thoughts On Rex Gross
2: Yes that's also the board you ripped me on, but that's okay.
0: No, I, was, I, I was, I was, uh, I was. I, I never ripped you. I was uh, always a huge fan, okay. always a huge fan of your of your work. Yes, time listener.
2: Well, that well, thanks so much, Cuz. Bears, Packers, my house. Your spot on the couch is available.
0: I will be there in my Trubisky jersey. So.
2: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There you are. All right, man. Now, my friends, is one question. As I combine all the juice from the mine, heal up, wheel up, bring it back, come rewind.
0: Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000.